Hi everyone, welcome to our Doorways to Sustainable Schools podcast. My name is Martin Crabb, I'm Head of Geography at Glebe School, a great school in the London Borough of Bromley. I'm also Chair of the London Sustainable Schools Forum. We started this podcast to help you, if you work in a school or with a school, to find practical climate actions to help you engage in London Climate Action Today's episode, I'm on my own, and the reason for that is I'm going to talk about an initiative that I think is incredibly exciting for schools. It's called Let's Go Zero 2030, and it's been started by an organisation called Ashton, and I'll talk about them a bit later. And the purpose of the initiative is simply for schools to become net zero by 2030. Now, obviously, that sounds simple, but it's going to be remarkably complex. There's going to be lots of learning on the way. It's it's a goal that people hope to get. And we'll talk about how that might be delivered through this uh, podcast. And the way I'm going to do that is I'm going to talk about the initiative first, and then I'm going to talk about the lessons that I've learned over the last 10 years or so from running sustainable schools uh, and how the sustainable schools framework can give useful learning lessons to uh, the Let's Go Zero 2030 campaign. And then I'm going to talk about how my school uh, is planning to get involved and how our Proyecto Peru project, which I've talked about in previous episodes, can be the the starting point for this. So we can use a a practical project that we're already delivering in school, and we can use the Let's Go Zero 2030 campaign to underpin our project and to help us reflect on some of the actions that that we do. I had a a brilliant meeting yesterday with... um, the woman that's really driving this campaign, the driving force behind it, Alex Green from uh, an organisation called Ashton. Um, Ashton have been around for quite a long time. They used to be an energy company. Their their mission was to reduce energy in um, all sectors, not just in schools, energy use, particularly carbon producing energy. Um, And they have... They have been involved with schools for the last 20 years as well. They, they, they are quite well known for doing an award ceremony called um, the Ashton Awards, uh, and they provided Sustainable Schools Awards as part of that. And it may well be even on a future podcast we can speak to some award winners. Alex tells me there's an amazing geography teacher somewhere in Wales that I'm dying to hear from, so that would be great. But Ashton have mo- shifted their emphasis a little bit to uh, to thinking about climate solutions. So it's not having a focus just on energy. It's a wider remit to look at climate solutions. Although, as we'll see later, if you look at energy, often we'll uh, think about the way you view food and think about the way you view travel and the way you view every aspect of your life as well. We've talked about that before. But but Ashton have been involved for a long time in um, the sustainable sector and in the sustainable school sector. The Let's Go Zero 2030 project, first of all, is trying to get schools to become carbon zero by 2030. It's going to do this by working with a whole range of partners that, that are all there to support schools in all sorts of different ways. And for you as a school to find the way that 
interests you most, especially at the start when you're getting going with that. Often once you get going, you start adding on new projects, but especially at the start. And it's going to work with people outside of the school as well to help schools to figure out how the actions that they're having, those climate actions, are then uh, helping them work towards a, a net zero. But it's also going to put requests in off government. And I, I have I have it on good authority. Uh, it's Nothing's definite and things change, I understand that. But I have it on good authority that the government are keen on this too and they're keen to look at um, ways to support schools it's, it's obviously they see it in their interest too so and I know at a London level you know we'll be looking at this from a London perspective um, the mayor is really keen for London schools to reduce their carbon emissions and um, the mayor is doing some amazing work in their teams particularly uh, a colleague of mine Annette Figueredo um, doing some absolutely um, amazing work for schools and some reports coming up soon about how schools can um, become more climate resilient. So there's lots of work going on and lots of support at governmental level as well for schools. And the brilliant thing about this project is it is trying to be collaborative and get people working together. And it is about the, the adults in the room um, accepting the call from young people and saying, okay, we need to do something now. We can't just leave this any longer. We need to do something. So very, very exciting. So I'm going to just go through uh, the, the project in a tiny bit more detail. Um, and the way I'm going to do this first is I'm going to talk about timescale and then I'm going to talk about some of the organisations involved, uh, and then we're going to move on to the next section, which is to look at the lessons that we've learned um, from previous work on sustainable schools. What are the timescales for the Let's Go Zero 2030? The, it's pretty ambitious, to be honest. They, Alex says they're really hoping that 5,000 UK schools will have signed up by COP26, now, COP26 has been moved back to 2021. It's going to be at the start of November, between Monday the 1st of November to the Friday the 12th of November 2021. So they're hoping to get 5,000 schools signed up by then. Let's Go Zero 2030 is going to be launched in November this year. And between now and November, what Ashton and the partners that are involved are trying to do is to get some seed schools, to get some schools to sign up so that they've got some examples. And I'm going to talk about how my school is um, going to get involved with that a bit later. Um, very excited about that too. And hopefully some of you out there, if either you uh, are involved in the school yourself or you're listening, you can persuade a school to get involved um, There'll be more information about that later. I'll put it on the podcast um, show notes um, later on when it's out. I think most of the information on that's going to be released in September. Um, but as soon as I know it, I'll mention it in the, the podcast um, at the time. And um, we'll, we'll put it on the website as well. So there's lots of organisations I imagine are going to get involved with um, the uh, Let's Go Zero 2030 but I'm going to talk about the ones that I know about so far. So apologies, any organisations that I leave out. Um, it's just I, I've just got some names up front. Some of the, the names that we've got here, we've got Global Action Plan. 
we've got eco schools, we've got fair trade, we've got the UK Schools Climate Network, we've got Salix, we've got Carbon Trust, we've got World Wildlife Fund, and we've got Sustrans. And then, you know, we're involved, obviously, from a London perspective, and there'll be loads of other people involved too. And they recognise right from the get-go that they need this to be collaborative. It needs to be something that everybody is going to talk about from their own perspective. So the Let's Go Zero 2030 project has, at the moment, and I think this is not been finalized yet, but at the moment I understand there are seven themes, seven topics um, that schools can look at when they're looking at reducing their carbon footprint. And they are, they'll be very familiar to you if you've been involved in the Sustainable Schools Framework or in the Eco Schools um, project. Uh, they're not quite the same, but they're very similar. So the ones that I've got so far are energy, food, procurement, waste, water, travel, and land. So seven of them there. Again, like I say, they may change, but you get the idea. And the, the idea, and we've talked about this with this podcast, the idea for schools would be to choose one of those to start with, maybe choose one that's a project you're already involved with, or a choose one that is something that you would like to get involved with, and get started with that. And, you know, the name of this podcast is Doorways. And the idea is you go through that sustainable doorway, so the food doorway or the procurement doorway, and you'd start to deliver a project um, with that as the, the focus topic. But what, what you will find, it's virtually impossible to, to do that without starting to look at the other areas. And I'm going to talk about that explicitly when I talk about our schools project the Proyecto Peru, and how we're hoping to get started on our school's um, response to uh, Let's Go Zero 2030. So we'll come back to that in a minute. Yeah, so Let's Go Zero, it's an amazing campaign, um, but it wants to work. And in our, my second podcast with Anna Porch, Anna and I kind of giggled, but you know, we talked about how our target for sustainable schools was for every school to be a sustainable school by 2020. And we didn't get there. And I'm just going to talk about that now and some of, and just pick up on some of the things I said with Anna and talk about maybe some lessons learned from that that, that we can use going forward with Let's Go Zero 2030 because it's really crucial. It was crucial back in 2007, 2008, and now it's never been more crucial. And so Anna was saying uh, her views on why we never reached the 2020 target were multiple. And one of the reasons was a change of government. And the Sustainable Schools Project was a new Labour project. And this is not a party political project. broadcast don't worry uh, but it was it was set up under new labor in 2010 uh, the conservative government came in or the coalition government came in um, and they pretty much they they changed the way things were run like often happens with changes in government so for example sustainable schools was run by government office for london all those there were seven government regions in england they were all scrapped um, so there was no one to host 
London Sustainable Schools Forum, and it just by default had no government support. And whilst um, no one was saying that um, the Conservative or the coalition government didn't think sustainability was a good thing, the formal structure for sustainable schools was gone. So moving forward, the lessons that we learned from that were, although we lost the formal structure of sustainable schools, the grassroots movement of sustainable schools kept going. And the third sector became maybe the leaders in um, sustainable schools. And you see that now with this new Let's Go 2030. It's the third sector that are driving the change now. And without the third sector, we'd be stuck. Um, So that's been brilliant. But there has been a shift in public awareness. So Anna talks about how nowadays it's absolutely accepted that learning outside the classroom is a good thing to do it's accepted generally now widely that climate action is necessary and that we're in a climate emergency how you go from uh, accepting that climate action is needed to delivering it in schools is where the third sector and projects like let's go zero 2030 really need to um, come in and that's where what we want to do with London Climate Action Week 2 is to show practical climate actions that schools can take that they can deliver within their normal school day that are completely acceptable within the school curriculum um, and are good learning experiences but also um, they um, start to improve a school's response to their climate emergency. So the formal structure of sustainable schools was less of a driver. Before 2010, it was being pushed by um, uh, head teachers. Ofsted were writing reports about sustainable schools. After 2010, it kind of, it dropped out of that governmental um, priority list. So the good thing now is that with Let's Go Zero 2030, Ashton have um, re-engaged government and a willingness there and Um, The first lesson that I would say from that is that it needs to be, if governments are going to get involved, it needs to be managed in a way that if there is a change of government, the project doesn't collapse. Uh, We need to ensure that by 2030, whichever government is in power, this is still seen as a priority. And I know there's some very good people working with Ashton, and I, I expect now now that will be the case whichever government is in power so that's probably why the formal framework um was less consistently delivered after that time because the the for our london sustainable schools forum and other forums around the country uh, were run by volunteers um and uh, it, it's just very hard to deliver something like that when there isn't the government support um but the framework itself was still valid and there's some really valuable lessons that we can now pass over to the Let's Go Zero 2030, which I'm deliberately saying a lot. Um, so uh, it sticks in everyone's mind. It's important to repeat these names. So the first part of the sustainable skills framework that I think is relevant is the holistic approach. Under the old framework, we talked about the three C's. So we talked about integrating the campus the curriculum and the community so by the campus we mean the whole school site so everything within the school fence Um, that's the buildings and the school grounds that's seen as the campus 
So everything that goes on there is not just inside your classroom. It involves the work of the caretaker. It involves the corridors. It involves the playgrounds, what happens in informal time as well as formal curriculum. Um, so there's a, a whole different shift there if you've not already done that about, and this is why we talk about stepping outside of the classroom. We believe you can't um, become a sustainable school unless you step outside of your classroom. And the first thing you need to do when you step outside, like we said in previous pods, is just get involved in anything, Do whether it's just reading, whether it's reading a poem or doing some art or um, whether you... you Feel like having a go at cooking hot dogs or um, planting something in the school grounds or picking up litter it doesn't matter whatever you you want to do it's getting outside and being in your place I think we need to start seeing schools as places not isolated classrooms as places that we're involved in that we share with other people and we negotiate that's a sustainable schools version of a campus so the next um, C is the curriculum. And again, it's really, really important that that curriculum is integrated, that it's connected. So the lessons learned in one subject make sense in other subjects. Now, that's logistically, that's really hard. And we, you know, to make these connections all the time, we get that. But there can be crossover links. And I'm going to talk about this in um, the third stage of this podcast when I talk about Proyecto Peru. So we'll, we'll come on to that later. But the I would say always start small. We're not saying initially that your school needs to change its whole curriculum and everybody must be interconnected and there's no value in independent, isolated lessons. Of course, that's not true. But look for ways to make links, sensible links with partners, with colleagues, maybe work with different people and so on. The third part is um, the community and this is really the wider school community. So who is your community? It's, it's the neighbours that, that are in the streets around the school. It's your parents. It's the governors. It's the people that you trade with, your, the people that you purchase stuff with. It's the, the, the schools that um, are feeder schools or that you, your kids go on to and so on. You, you know who your community is. But often um, we in schools, the tendency is to um, operate within our campus and forget and you know we in, in sustainability too we talk about the wider world and so our community isn't just the local community it's those people we impact with further afield so for example if you're getting bananas into the school canteen where are they coming from why don't we know that we you know as a school especially there's so much valuable learning lessons here and initially might be hard to find out the answers and you might need to pick your battles or pick your thing that you're going to look at so for example you might decide you want to know where everything comes from but maybe just choose one thing first don't get everyone hating you uh <laughs> just i know that sounds obvious i'm probably teaching people to suck eggs here but just maybe choose one thing to start off with and deliver a project around that and and hopefully that will lead to something else. So, so that's your community. So, so the holistic approach, integrating your campus, your curriculum, your community. You need the finance manager, the head teacher, the caretaker, the, the parents, the governors, the teachers, the kids, the students, I mean. Um, 
they all need to be working together. The neighbours, you know, we do an Apple Day at our school or pre-COVID, we do an Apple Day at our school, we invite the local people in. We don't get loads, but it's the point that the local people know it. Often they just wave over the fence when they're passing. It's the part, it's the point that they feel involved and they feel welcome. And I think, uh, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's actually easier to do than you think. And it's just about um, deciding how you're going to do that. So that's that bit. Okay, so the second bit is uh, the care agenda, we used to call it. Basically, we would say in um, sustainable school should be a caring school. And we talk about active care. And the first person you should care about is yourself. You have to start with yourself. And that's the lesson we need to tell ourselves first. We need to make sure we, who are delivering these projects, what we are doing is sustainable ourselves. We need to become resilient and we need to become strong and we need to make sure we are making choices that are sustainable for us. Obviously, we have jobs to do. Um, we need to make sure that what we're doing in school is acceptable and hopefully um, is viewed very highly by the leadership team um, as something that enhances the school. And it's also something that you can manage. So, so the that's why I would strongly encourage you to choose projects that you can integrate into the work you're already doing. Find something that enhances. And I know sometimes you're going to have to do extra work and the sort of people that get involved in this often go the extra mile. But, but look after yourself first. And then the second one is to care for each other. And that probably is obvious, but it needs to be stated. And it's such a simple message that it's easy to reinforce. And we can do it. We do it all the time in schools. But caring for each other isn't just the people within the school. It's caring for that person who's growing the banana over in um, Dominica, wherever it's coming from. It's caring for um, the person who's brought the bananas to school. It's also caring for the person who, if you decide you're not going to buy bananas, um, who? what's the impact to those people who um, are no longer getting your trade? And, you know... Sustainability isn't always straightforward. There are compromises. So when we're looking at carbon reduction targets, we will be having an impact and we need to think about those things too. We, we should be making these decisions based on humanity, based on a caring approach and finding solutions that work best all around. So the third thing is caring for the environment. And uh, explicitly, that's what we're looking at with um, Let's Go Zero 2030. But that has an impact on ourselves too, obviously. But it's, you know, what can you do in your school, in the immediate uh, campus of your school? And what can you do in the local area? So you, your school might be to do with uh, the biodiversity of your school or how you use the school grounds. The immediate area might be thinking about how the school populace travels to school and so on but you you're also um, by getting involved in a in let's go zero 2030 you're showing a care to the wider world and you're showing leadership to the world um, by taking that caring practical climate action response okay i'm going to talk about the uh, the final stage of the podcast now which is to look at um how my school is going to start on the let's go zero 2030 journey through our own project proyecto peru and i'm using our school project to illustrate some of the things a school can do but also to show that 
you know, it's not always easy. And, it, you know, we're not perfect. It's not the Eden Project at our school. I am not David Attenborough. And, you know, he's a wonderful man. And you need to speak to my wife about this. Um, she tells everyone I'm all talk and no, <laughs> no action. And it's true. I'm not, you know, it's, I have a passion for helping schools to become more sustainable. But I, like lots of people, I don't always practice what I preach and I'm, I'm doing my best um, like everybody. And I think we need to enter this journey together, being humble and being not afraid to talk about the realities and the fact that life gets in the way and the fact that maybe our family have different views to us and we're trying to do one thing. All of these things are important. And I think one of the things COVID has done is made us see things a bit more humanely and we you know we we've all seen the the videos now of people with their kids running in the background and so on and, and are turning up at zoom conferences in their pajamas and um we don't care so much anymore because um i think we've accepted we have those lives and we just have to get on with it and i think the reason that uh, i want to talk about our Prieto peru is because i am really proud of it but it's you know, we're working hard on it and things go wrong. And when we go through um, this project, we'll talk about the things that we've struggled with and how we've maybe got over them and some tips. And um, But we'll also talk about the things that we think are, have gone well as well. And, and ultimately, it's that kind of principle of um, it, a journey start of the single step. I mean, this podcast is a perfect example. Um, you may have noticed at the start of the podcast, it's got new music. Um, that's because I listened to the music and I decided it didn't wasn't as fun. I wanted something more fun. I hope you like the new music. Uh, I just got stuck in with the podcast. I'm kind of a get going, learn on the job, and I hope you can learn with me on this journey. And I think the same with Proyecto Peru. If, if we wait too long to do things, nothing's going to happen. And I think that's exactly what Let's Go Zero is about, that we need to just get started we need to find a way to get started not worry about becoming carbon zero or net zero immediately get started on the journey so and, and i hope that some of the things that we talk about on this podcast will help you think of a way that you can get started and if not check out some of those amazing organizations because they definitely will come up with some ideas for you our project proyecto peru as i've said in previous podcasts is we we've um linked with a a refuge on the outskirts of lima um and we we've really not had a great dialogue with them yet uh, and that's something that we're going to be developing when we get back from covid in the new term uh, but we made contact with some great people um, that run a project called project peru based in guildford and they basically raise the the money for the project for the refuge in peru the the refuge in peru is run entirely by peruvians and it's linked with a local school and we're going to engage with them and as we move forward with the project we're hoping it's um it's really helping us to develop our own perspectives on our own school and share those perspectives with the, the young people and the workers in Peru and, and then see how they're working. So the first thing that we're going to look at is food. And I'm going to talk now about um, some of the ideas we've got around food, just briefly, but show you how they may link to the 
um, Let's Go Zero campaign. And, you know, I'll come back to this later. Later on in the podcast series, we'll talk in a bit more detail about Proyecto Peru. And I've got some very, very exciting work projects that we're going to be coming up with later. We got involved with food with Proyecto Peru because we're all in, we all liked eating, basically. The staff involved liked food. We um, liked eating it and we liked growing it and we're no great, it's no great surprise. But we're not food technology teachers, so I'm just going to name check the people involved in the project. And I've mentioned a couple already, but just, you know, I, I really love working with these people. And I think that's one bit of advice I'd get for you if you're on your own in a school is try and find allies, people that that you can work with from whatever background they're from. So um, the first person I'm going to talk about is Jo Francis. Um, she is um, the most amazing uh, teaching assistant. She's a school. She basically is known as the gardener of the school, but she her job is teaching assistant. But you're hard pushed to find her anywhere other than in the school garden, or at least that was the case until COVID happened because um, she was shielded during COVID. She became very unwell. She, I'm happy to say she's um, fighting fit again now and um, she's just desperate to get back into the school garden. But um, she's been part of the inspiration behind us wanting to deliver a food growing project for our first project for Proyecto Peru because the work she does in the school grounds with those young people is remarkable. And um, it doesn't matter how many problems those young people have, just sitting down with Joe, weeding or planting it, potatoes or harvesting something they've grown they can unpick all of that and they can talk about that whilst they're learning some really important skills and in our school we um, we started off linking that to the geography curriculum but we've also started linking it now to the um, MFL curriculum and the second person who you, you will have heard me talk about already is Lady Spoller. Um, she's the head of modern foreign languages in the school. She's um, from Cuban descent and uh, then moved to um, Tarragona in Spain um, and uh, she's been living in the UK now for seven years and teaching at Glebe for a number of those and she she's a remarkable young teacher as well and she, what she brings apart from um, being fluent in Spanish which is really handy if you're a, a Spanish teacher um, she and, and, and also that cultural um, difference background that you know knowing the culture of Cuba and Spain uh, it, it brings that diversity to the um, the school but she brings youth and she brings ideas she's incredibly creative and um, because of her we started to label the uh, plants in the school ground and the food that we're growing in English and in Spanish and what we've seen is um, we've seen students became, becoming much more aware in what we're growing now because of that, because they're thinking in English and Spanish. Um, and then there's Mark McKillop, who's the um, the head of RE. He's also um, head, head of year as well. And what Mark doesn't know about um, belief systems of the world isn't worth knowing. I mean, he is, he well, we call him the professor, really. He, he's incredible. And and he, he brings that thoughtful, reflective air to our projects where we can, um, you know, we don't forget about those values that underpin, that should underpin any project. But when you've got somebody who's, who's day in, day out job talks about that, it really helps. And, and Mark brings that um, values, that diversity, that the issues of equality 
um, to to the table when we do the, the uh, Preacto Peru project, which is great. And and Stops has been patronising when we're working with people overseas. The last thing we want to do is do a, a global project that that assumes we're better than people we're working with overseas. And and he's very very clear on that. Um, and then there's there's Petra Pitt, who's another teaching assistant who has who who actually is a uh, I, yeah I should have said she she has a background in food. And um, she, so I, I forgot about that. Sorry, Petra. Um, but yeah, Petra has a great food knowledge. She's an amazing chef. Um, and she's also uh, very practical. And for example, when we sold, um, we had these finger puppets that we were selling. She made sure that we displayed them in a far more um, attractive way than I would have ever thought of. Um, and we sold loads. And uh, it, it's just... That's the benefit of a team. So I just wanted to name check them because I think sometimes when you do a podcast like this, people are left out and we all have our people in schools. You know, there are other people in schools, Martin Halpin, the caretaker. Um, he provides us with a load of um, support behind the scenes, just quietly doing stuff for us, which would mean that um, without him, we couldn't do the project. The The leadership team are incredibly supportive and the finance team are incredibly supportive and so on. So I mentioned that deliberately because we've talked about the uh, importance of having a, a whole school approach. And although um, Proyecto Peru has a, a small team of five, it, it couldn't operate without the wider school working. Our school and the refuge in Peru have a kitchen garden and we're going to share learning over those. But we're also going to look at something different and we're going to be working with Martin Morales and I'm not going to say too much about this because it's still in the development phase. But we're going to be looking at food in a much more holistic way. We're going to be thinking about food very much from like a let's go zero perspective. We're going to be thinking about zero waste um, Martin is is a, he's an, a, an incredible man, very dynamic, um, and we met him um, as I said in previous podcasts at one of his um, restaurants that he used to own, Andina in Notting Hill. Uh, he doesn't own them now, and he's now working on um, circular economy. And we're looking at developing some resources for Proyecto Peru, which we'll share with you, looking at food and the circular economy. And um, Whilst I don't want to say too much about that now because it's too early days and it's going to sound rubbish, <laughs> um, it is exciting. And it's about thinking about how to think about every part of food, how not to waste, to encourage us all to think about every bit of the food and think about the journey of the food as well and you know whether we grow it, and but, but, but particularly the waste of that food. And from a let's go zero perspective it'll be really interesting to see how what the the number crunching figures are for that so that's that's really all i want to say about proyecto peru for the time being except to just briefly link to the doorways principle of um the the project so if we choose food as our focus which we will do i'm just going to briefly mention the other six topics that were mentioned by let's go zero to show how they they may feed in so for example um energy is the first one so if we are um looking at food growing we'll be thinking about how to reduce the our energy use when we're growing food for example, 
we have a, a polytunnel. We have talked about using, um, getting some heating in there, but what we're going to try and do instead is move it over some warm air pipes. Um, so hopefully it'll be naturally heated. It'll probably limit the amount of food that we can grow in there, but we'll adapt to that. So we're trying not to put in electric heating in there. Um, it may be down the line we change that and we look at maybe a solar system or something, solar powered system, but but that's that's the first thing on that. Um, travel. So as part of our project, we'll be, we'll be thinking about where our food comes from and seeing if we can grow it or if we can get it locally. Um, so we'll be reducing our carbon footprint there. It'll just be a small scale initially. It's just for our Proyecto Peru project, but hopefully it will expand um, to the wider school. Procurement, again, where do we buy our food from? How much does it cost? What's the impact down the line? Already it's becoming interconnected. It's hard to separate. Um, waste we've talked about. So the, a major factor of this project is how we use all of the food, how we don't waste it, what we do with it. Are we um, eating the potato skins? Are we composting them and so on? Uh, so we'll be looking at that. Um, water, you know, are we using water from a tap? We did have a massive water butt for the school, but that had to be taken down. So at the moment, we're using mains water primarily. So one thing we want to look at reintroducing is water butts, a system that we all know about, but currently we're not using them well. So it's something that we want to reintroduce. And then and the last one is land. And in this perspective, it's school, our school grounds, but we may look at other land issues too. Um, and, you know, we'll look at the, the, the land use in the refuge as well. Um, so that, that'll be a, a significant part of it. And just talking about school grounds, there are negotiations in schools about how you use land. First of all, we're lucky to have land that we can use in the school for growing food. Not every school will have that space. Secondly, you need permissions to um, to use that land. So again, that's something that we'll uh, we will talk about. We we've been growing food for a long time in the school, so we take these things for granted. But but we when we go through the project, we we won't take them for granted, and we'll talk about how we we continually renegotiate that use of land and make sure other people in the school are happy. So that, that's our Proyecto Peru project. And what we'll do is we'll run it as a case study uh, as part of the narrative behind Let's Go Zero. And we'll offer it at the um, Youth Climate Summit um, in November, um, where we're up to. It'll still be early days, but we'll offer it our learnings so far. Um, and hopefully there'll be some things that we can, we can showcase as well as we're going forward. But um, I hope that's provided you with some ideas. And it, you may think by listening to this, if you're a newbie, oh my God, he said he wasn't David Attenborough, look at everything he's doing. Yeah, I've been doing this for a long time. And when I first got started, I, I didn't have all that support, but gradually I just got started. I got permissions to do things, you know, got into trouble sometimes, didn't all work, did, uh, but eventually, you know, built up this support and still, um, you know, it doesn't always go well. I still sometimes don't have the time to do things and so on. But but you do that. We do the best that we can. And I think my message is: if you're new, don't worry about it. Just get started. Find a way. So before I finish this podcast, then I just want to say to again sum up: I am so excited about um, this this Let's Go Zero 2030. I think it is it is going to be 
something really remarkable. But to make it that way, we all need to work together and we need to help each other out. And we need to, um, that's both within schools and within the third sector and working with our colleagues in um, in London, for example, in the mayor's office, uh, making sure London Climate Action Week has a good schools response. And we, But we work with the other people in London Climate Action Week working with um, colleagues in government, in Department for Education and the energy teams there, and and just realising we're part of something that can make a difference. Okay, so my three tips are based around um, a same statement I gave to Jordan in my previous podcast, which was something I use when I do field work. It's safety first, fun second, learning third. And I think actually that works here. I think first thing, safety first, look at the safety of your school. Get your school safe and able to be more resilient to cope with climate change, with the climate emergency. What can you do now? And that doesn't have to be scary. It can be quite exciting. You can put some fun things in. And the mayor's office, and as soon as it's out, the mayor's office will be releasing some fantastic resources about that. And I'll let you know about that when it's out. Second thing is fun. Please, please, please don't make this miserable because all of us are turned off by that. It's got to find something that excites you and gets your, your juices going and gets the kids excited and the other members of staff excited. Uh, so, you know, make it fun for you. Look after yourself, but make it fun for you and, and make the learning fun. And then that will lead to the learning. And we the next stage is learning where we will learn together sharing ideas and resources about how to make schools uh, climate zero, uh, carbon zero, sorry. Um, and it, it won't always be easy, but we can share tips and ideas and inspiration together. Um, and, you know, good luck with that journey. So although I've given those three tips, in my first podcast, um, I did mention some organisations and I still think I'm going to mention them now. I think they're really important that you sign up for them. So uh, Outdoor Classroom Day, sign up for that. These are all in the show notes. Sign up for that. Get outside the classroom. The journey starts there. Eco skills. I've mentioned that in this podcast. If you haven't signed up already, sign up. It will be a huge help to you. Then join London National Park Schools Network. This is in London, and there's going to be more about this in a later podcast with Kath Prisk. But this is where London schools can really work together to support each other, and lots of. Um, organizations and stakeholder groups are going to be joining London National Park Schools Network and it is a big name I've said that before it is a big name but but it's like a collective uh, an umbrella organization um, with a, a goal to make London greener healthier and wilder as part of the London National Park um, project itself and schools if every school signed up for that doesn't matter what their interest is in um, in sustainability, if they all signed up for that, that would have a, a massive, massive impact on um, our move towards let's go zero 2030. When that campaign is out, I really recommend that you sign up and be, we'll be doing more about this now. It will be a feature. And one of the our targets for um, London Climate Action Week is to get as many schools in London to sign up 
for Let's Go Zero 2030. And, um, and we'll have case study schools there as well from London. But um, we would really love schools to, to sign up for that. So there's lots of things for you to sign up with. If you're looking for resources, I've mentioned it already, Transform Our World, run by Global Action Plan. Again, the link is on the, um, the show notes and register for the Youth Climate Summit in November. It's the week before London Climate Action Week. Get involved there. And even if you get involved there and feedback, I can feed that back into London Climate Action Week. That would be great, whichever works for you. Before I go, I'm just going to talk briefly about the lesson plan. So every podcast, we offer a free lesson plan um, for um, for teachers, for schools, inspired by the guest. Well, there's no guest today, but there's an idea. And the idea is an inspiration from Ashton. Um, and it's the Let's Go Zero 2030. So what I'm going to do is point you to, I think now it's uh, about 40 lessons that we've created already for London Climate Action Week. There are a lot of lessons there and find one within that series of lessons that you like and maybe use that as a starting point and and just get started on your journey to um, to becoming a net zero school. Good luck.